Welcome, Pathfinders, to this very special after party. After dun, party dun, following dun. Faded 1, 2, and 3. Heather, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> we told you to circle around back. Sitting <laughs> at my computer. That's what I'm doing. Wait, you let her bring a computer in here? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I thought we had a strict no technology if it's not necessary for recording rule, Rick. <laughs> Uh, well, unfortunately, good segue, uh, we are required to use all of this for our recording today as we are recording remotely from an undisclosed location in the state of Texas. Several of them. Several, Several undisclosed locations. locations. Multiple Multiple locations. undisclosed locations. Six undisclosed locations. That's... Wait, that's oh, not right. That's not right. Uh, guys... Four, seven, <laughs> eight, I've left a number of clues, though, scattered throughout boxes of Lucky Charms cereal. If you find them all, well, uh, we're in for a surprise. All of the Riddler trophies. Oh, uh, my God. There's so many. Yeah. But uh, we are rejoined today by Miss Heather Allen. Thank you for being yeah. back with us. They, yeah. they kicked me out for a fight, and I was sad. But, I know. You know we're out there, we, like, doing stuff and things. Yeah, you're the out world. there saving lives. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we just assumed that you were, like, ninjing your way around, like, just taking care of all the straggler enemies, and then we come back, mm -hmm. and you're like, ugh, fine, I already did all this work by myself. Because I'm awesome. You only had to fight two lions? Whatever. <laughs> and two lions. Wait, and two lions? I don't know. I don't know. There's a number of lions. An undisclosed number of lions. Uh, <laughs> Mystery. Yeah, so we are back once again for our special after party following our Faded episodes one, two, and three, the Faded Tells. Where we get to play our, uh, our slightly nefarious characters. Yes, yeah, your anti-heroes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. The grimmer, darker Zack Snyder heroes that no one asked for. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know. People asked for this, I think. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I think yeah. they kind of did. Yeah, there's a hashtag in everything. Oh, is there a hashtag? I didn't notice. I mean, release the Snyder Cut, I think. Oh, oh, oh That was completely yeah. about our show. Oh, that was... Uh, okay, I thought it was about us. I was like, wait, really? I was talking about us, but Ross was talking about Snyder. Yes. As often, Ross is. Yes. <laughs> yes. I apparently love Zack Snyder. Ross's love of Zack Snyder is both well known and widely publicized. This, this, is yeah, is this, it? It's news to me, but I guess it is. I mean, it is now. It's gone good. out to all of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's dive into this. So I suppose to start with, uh, we did the we've done the faded tells now. Uh, we started out with episode number one, bringing in a whole new cast of dramatic characters. It's really the first opportunity that we've had to actually dive in and talk about these characters. So uh, let's do that, Jessica. See here, you're playing a ranger brawler. I sure, am. <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old. Yeah, it's no. good. It's good stuff. How does it feel stepping back into the, uh, I don't know, what size shoes do you think Sagira wears? Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Those are some good face stomping shoes. <laughs> I mean, Sagira is a lot more straightforward than Hollis is, so that's nice. It's like, I'm going to hit it with a sword. Uh, I'm going to hit it with a sword. I might track it or something, but mostly I'm going to hit it with a sword. You don't have to think about what spell would be the best thing to use in the situation. No spells. I do occasionally have to be like, huh, what combat feat could I maybe use that might be helpful? But that's as, about as complex as it gets. So it's kind of nice. A little break, a little relaxation, comfortable murdering. <laughs> comfortable murder. <laughs> Speaking of murder, uh, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how do you smooth of a segue really? that was. I, yeah, I don't I think either. it was really smooth at all, actually. Rick, do you know something we don't? Shh. 
Probably. I know a lot of no. things. True. Jordan is playing, of course, Crucible for this. Yes, I am. I guess the question pr- probably a lot of people are asking, why an alchemist and what kind of alchemist? Because I don't know. Did we ever mention what kind of alchemist I am? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. I'm going to go over it anyway. So I... I knew I wanted to play an alchemist. The challenge for me was I wanted to find an alchemist that would fit in the setting and uh, was going, okay, maybe I'll do like the Crypt Breaker Alchemist, um, which your bombs do extra damage against like constructs and things like that. It's a really good archetype. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Rick actually reminded me that uh, Berg was that uh, that ghoul or ghast, vivisectionist yes. alchemist. That almost murdered us. That, that almost, almost murdered yeah. killed Sudi. <laughs> It turns out paralysis and sneak attack is just kind of unfair. Who, yeah, who so, ever imagined that? Crystal so, yeah, so I just I got stuck on that idea of like, you know, we're supposed to be the lieutenants and like, where did this guy learn how to be a vivisectionist alchemist? This guy. And so it, it kind of just fell into place for me. You're his mentor. Yeah. World War. Yes. Now, the fans seem to have responded well to... Uh, Let's just say his eccentric personality. <laughs> yes. Um, it is funny that I think this is the first time I've done like kind of a wacky character where it's like completely over the top, which is more in line with how I normally make characters. I like making goofy, funny characters um, because if you're not laughing, are you really having fun? Maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can be. I was going to say, you can, you can take things very seriously and still be not necessarily having fun, but enjoying yourself. Yeah. That's true. No, it's totally true. Yeah. But yeah, so you uh, you got your chance to play your vivisectionist alchemist, uh, stabbing things yep. and generally being kind of a creep. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, we're playing like nefarious. Might as well like, you know, give me some flaws. Yep. Uh, speaking of the opposite of nefarious, Ross. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just going to do difficult segues for this entire thing. <laughs> oh, man. Because I'm pretty sure we established that uh, Ross is pretty much a paladin in real life, so I don't know yes, if Nefarious really goes with yeah, that. That's, Which is why I said the opposite really of true. Nefarious. Ross. So, Ross, you had an opportunity to play our... Uh, Actually, let's let's simply say this first. Uh, Ross, you had an opportunity to play in the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, even hey. if it's a side story. It's Welcome true. to Osirian. Welcome to Osirian. I hope you brought your uh, suntan lotion. I hope you like scorpions. I didn't, actually. It's hot, and uh, there's a lot of undead. Not the first time you were here, actually. You were here following uh, in the after party following the death of Onurus. Yes, he was my yeah. emotional support, Ross. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> An appropriate title. It's the role I was born to play. Gracious. Gracious. Well, what about the other role that you're playing in this story? <laughs> I'm really enjoying playing Zephyr. He's definitely different from any character I've ever played before. In fact, I've never played a druid before oh. beyond, I think, like first level. Um, and that was for one session that that campaign kind of fell apart. So it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the Druid. Yeah. And you even got to go uh, urban Druid, which is an interesting direction for it. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to getting to use a lot of his actual tricks, especially mask of a thousand faces. I just, it didn't really come up in this session. Look at how many faces I have. (laughs) Game of Thrones. Yep. There were a couple of times I was tempted to just be crucible for a minute just to freak him out. <laughs> oh, man. He would stare at you the whole time and he would love it too much. Yeah, very, uh, very narcissistic. Narcissist. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Try it and see. It'll eventually turn into a flower. Speaking of a flower, what about uh, what about you, Heather? What? What? So speaking of flowers. a flower, Heather. Uh, yeah, hey. Heather is a type of flower. So speaking of flowers, Heather. Yes, it, that is a weird segue, but a valid one. I That's suppose. the theme <laughs> for this after party is weird segues. 
Rick's on fire today. (laughs) (laughs) I am playing uh, Caligny Slayer, which I was like, hey, you know, this is probably one of the few times that it's appropriate to play a Caligny. We ran into them into the main in the main story. Uh, what the heck is that? It's a, it's a technical name for the Darkstalkers. It's like their ah. actual race. So okay. it's it's I a understand. weird thing that the uh, it's a technical name for the Dark Folk, Folk, which yeah. include the Stalkers and Slayers, Slayers. and all yeah. of the variety of other different things there. The implication that I've gotten from my, the reading that I've done on it is that they're almost like a recessive gene that takes them back to the original species that all of these other varieties are subspecies of. That they have this vast dimorphism between the various uh, subspecies and that they're very odd. It's what, uh, the Unwrapped Harmony, that's technically what she is. Cause she's, ah. it's, and it's the version of the race that's playable as a PC. Yes. So, okay. Yeah, so she was, Wolf was born in the Necropolis, and I'm playing a Slayer, which is one of my favorite classes. I like the, you know, full base attack and some sneak attack and some rogue tricks thrown in there. So I'm enjoying it. Slayer is a fun class. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's fun to kind of, especially after Onurus and even Val and uh, Tyrant's Grasp, they're both lawful good characters, so it was kind of fun to be able to play like the more chaotic type yeah and uh speaking Mm. of chaos rachel (laughs) (laughs) yeah my character is just kind of (laughs) weird chaos um funnily enough she's not actually chaotic she's just flat out neutral she just kind of likes to see how everything unfolds i'm playing a uh medium I originally was going to play a spiritualist because I we did the beta test back in the day and I had a lot of fun with that, but it didn't really kind of fit the vibe that I wanted to do with the character. And when I found out about all the seance stuff that I could do with the medium, I was like, yes, this is delightfully creepy and perfect for Osirian because it just works. (laughs) So all that Victorian stuff was based on. They did a lot of like just, hmm, I'm going to pull this out of ancient Egypt. Yep. So uh, I I like the idea of her having this like connection with the dead and, you know, the possession stuff and all of that. I think it's going to really be an interesting way to go. Yeah. And so far it's worked pretty well. I've always, uh, I always appreciate any class that has a central class feature that more or less is built to tell stories. Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. it's, it's why I love uh, bards and bardic knowledge because it gives Mm -hmm. the class something that they can always make all the knowledge checks. And then I can give you all of the story that I want to give you because of all the knowledge. And the legend lore spell too. Yeah. Legend lore by itself. Yeah. Legend lore is an awesome spell. We did have an episode that I believe was the one with the legend lore. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Septi and her knowledge domain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go Septi. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to play the Viper again, which is always fun. Who just pops out and murders people. Who just yep. pops out and murders people. It's kind of what he does. Well, he uh, tried and failed in one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Place, but, yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, still, we I think we figured out he's an assassin. So Well, I, well he has managed to get the DC. I think the DC for his uh, death attack is a DC 20. Wow. So it's wow. not... It's not impossible to succeed at, but it is for the best case scenario for someone with like a fortitude save DC or 10 or something like that. It's a 50 50. It's a coin toss whether or not he kills you. Yeah. Well, and pairing that with the ring of invisibility means like, <laughs> I mean, that just gives him the, the three rounds easily to study yep. without being under threat before he just goes and boom. As long as he's not facing something that can see invisibility, he's usually pretty good. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, how often does that? Do you run into that in the necropolis? Who knows? If you're fighting Hollis all the time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we have gone full paranoid adventurer with the Mummy's Mask crew. Yeah, every once yep. in a while, there's those cool undead that have the ability to like sense heartbeats and things like mm. that. Oh yeah, wow. the life sense thing. Yeah, yeah. but. Those aren't extraordinarily common. And also, technically, I got a chance to play Isra again, but... Uh, yeah, kitty. Isra doesn't speak, though, which is sad. Yeah, and it's, it's that rare occasion where we've had an animal companion and or familiar or something that I can't roleplay as. Uh, Isra speaks <laughs> to our hearts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Isra does it all with looks. Yeah. She's more visual, which is uh-huh. why she doesn't do well on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Isra. She speaks with her actions, and her actions are yes. usually four-round attacks. <laughs> yes. A lot of uh, A lot of pounds. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. No, no, kitty, no. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose let's talk about the first episode that we did there. So that was the, uh, the fated episode one. Wherein uh, you guys returned back, we got to jump back in time. I should have had someone look this up before, how far back in time. I think it's about two months. Segura leaving Something behind like that, the uh, the crew back in the uh, the well-priced inn of uh, Wati. The Tooth and Hookah. Tooth and Hookah, that's the name I was looking for. And then journeying out, joining up with the Viper. You know, Segura having an opportunity to meet all of these strange new faces. Sagir, have any thoughts about joining back up with the, uh, well, not joining the Fatal again, but reuniting with her old gang of people that she doesn't know? <laughs> I think Sagir is probably feeling seven levels more confident in herself. Oh, there you go. As far as handling uh, if things go a direction she doesn't want them to go. So, and she kind of entered on even footing, in her opinion, with the Viper. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like, okay, we're making this deal as partners on a thing. He's a man of his word. As opposed to just being an underling. That's true. She's not a very good underling. (laughs) Too chaotic. (laughs) Really, the first episode was kind of an establishing episode. Uh, It gave us a chance to kind of explore everyone's characters, delve into that a little bit. Do a cool seance. Yeah. It was more Segura getting an idea of what these people are doing, which is basically Crucible's weird creeper. (laughs) Only on on, uh, Wolf. What? Mostly. He's the creepiest toward wolf. It seems like he likes wolf. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Oh, God. Wolf doesn't a, a want magic anything to do with that. <laughs> Sagira will cut you. you <laughs> or her kitty will bite you. I was going to say, I think the cat is a pretty good incentive not to. Why not both? Why not both? Definitely both. It's true, but you know, Crucible got to be creepy and be the only person in the party not capable of stealth. Which is weird for a sneak attack guy. (laughs) Also, you're in a gang of like drug runners. You think you'd want to be able to hide. That's what the potions of invisibility are for. Oh boy. It's true. He solves all of his problems with magic. Hollis That's just proud. like all of my magical characters. Why put points and stats when magic can solve the problem? You're going to have to pee a lot if you're drinking that meat potion. <laughs> <laughs> one, one second, everyone. I've had too, too many potions. Oh, no. <laughs> you know how when you've drank like seven potions in a day, you just got to go all day long. <laughs> I thought these potions were itty bitty, though. I don't know. I'm just joking. Goodness. I'm, thinking, I'm comparing it to like those people that always have those giant water bottles. They're yeah, itty bitty, exactly what it I is. I mean, who knows what effects it has on the bladder? Yeah. Or the rest of the body. I mean, you don't know what the long-term effects of that much potion use is. Side I was just going to say, maybe maybe potions cause gallstones. Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> you know they probably like do. Pumps. Gall and kidney Gracious, stones. So much su- added sugar. <laughs> That's true. That's the secret ingredient. As long as it's not cocaine. Oh, God. It used to be the secret ingredient, but now it's Mamiya. 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's Mamiya. <laughs> yeah, it used to be. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and then Sagira got to uh, to meet with Zephyr as Who well. Who follows Bastet? A fellow follower Bast, yeah. What's the decision there, huh? Huh? Because she's awesome. And kitties. I mean, yeah. Mostly the awesome. kitties. <laughs> she is a chaotic neutral deity, which is pretty cool. I think that... Zephyr has a very special connection with the city of Wati, and Bastet in many ways exemplifies that connection. And I think as we get more used to the character, you may see why. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Mysterious. Very mm-hmm. good. Uh, and then, of course, we had the uh, the dramatic introduction of Wolf, who in the, really in the first episode, Wolf didn't do a lot other than kind oh, of well, glower. she's, you know, this... The stealthy, s- scouty one. <laughs> you know? Does she? That's does true. she or does she not love the Viper? Because I get some like crush vibes where she's just like the Viper's the best, and I love him. I mean, it's part of her backstory stuff, but she's been with the Faded since she was very, very young. So it's more one of those she trusts wow. him, and she really doesn't trust Sakira. So it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. It's one of those, you left. <laughs> Why are we doing anything with you? Why should we, should you be- we believe anything you're saying? So she's just kind of sticking close because she's expecting the sudden yet inevitable betrayal. Oh, are you going to betray the party? Dinosaurs? Sigur is also expecting a sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> From the other side. Ah, <laughs> uh, chaos. The circle of betrayal yes, continues. We're both, um, that meme with crabs where we're holding <laughs> knives at each other and circling. <laughs> that's, that's us. <laughs> All right, so I suppose before this turns into a Michael Jackson video. Um, yeah, and then of course, uh, also that was the, the episode where we got introduced as well to the mm-hmm. the party medium. Got yep. to do creepy seances. I did. She's tiny and adorable, but everyone is a little bit unnerved by her. You got that creepy aura. You know, she does have like dead people speak through her, so that kind of fits. She thinks it's funny. But yeah, so the first episode was just kind of an introduction for everyone. Got to get a, a little bit of a feel of uh, how this new party dynamic's going to work for at the very least the very in the in the meantime until we're done with the faded tales. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. did occur to me actually and I probably should have asked this uh, earlier you know so uh, we have addressed the, all of your characters and what your characters are and all the rest of that stuff and of course one of the things with the Faded is the fact that the Faded all use different names they don't use their original names whenever they're operating so that I, I've always found that kind of an obvious thing especially when you're living in a world in, with divinations where you can scry on someone just from knowing their freaking name that if you're going to do something nefarious you probably shouldn't go by your actual name or be a vigilante yeah or be a vigilante yeah whichever one you're able to do everyone take one level of vigilante <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, just kind of out of curiosity for uh, everyone around the table, what was the inspiration? What is the meaning behind the name for the character? I suppose starting with uh, with Jordan there. Uh, so a crucible is a container that you use to mix things together and make something new. Uh, so I was like, it sounds kind of alchemically. So I went with that. <laughs> also, I love good punny names. The the crucible being the the point or usually an object that is heated up to melt down other things. Does it, does it have any specific meaning other than the fact that it's just an alchemical term for crucible or? It might, but that would have to be revealed at a later time. Oh, I see. Yes. Mysterious. What about Ross? So Zephyr, of course, is a sort of strong wind and definitely has associations with the desert. Zephyr, in his case, is primarily somebody who doesn't want to be noticed, but you still feel that he's there, which is kind of why I went for that. 
Um, he comes and goes like the wind, but much like the wind, can leave things disrupted wherever he goes. Mm. So a little he bit likes- of a play on him being kind of a, a transient sort of vagabond character. Exactly. It's also a nice tie back into nature, which works pretty well for a druid. Also true. Heather? Uh, so Wolf is, I think I said this in the first episode, it's it's Wepawet the Wolf, and most people just call her Wolf. In Egyptian mythology, uh, Wepawet was a wolf that led Osiris's army safely through uh, trying times. And so since she's kind of a scout that leads the faded through the necropolis to find the mummies and things they need for Mamiya, it's a reference that she's the guide through the dangerous parts for the viper. I just thought it fitted her very well. Yeah, wolves are always, of course, like, it's a pack animal, and you're, you know, part of this this pack. We're a family. Yep. <laughs> a very, very dysfunctional family. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just suddenly imagine the, the role of, uh, of the viper being played by Vin Diesel. Oh my gosh. Just doing this constant Fast and the Furious. It's about family. <laughs> Coming from probably, uh, (laughs) let's just find out how many people on this wonderful podcast have seen past the second movie. Oh, I have. Yeah, I have. I have not. Really? I've seen bits and pieces of the other ones just, you know, when they've been on TV and that kind of thing. I saw the first two like in the theater and after that, nope. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen the first three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw up to Tokyo Drift, whichever number that was. No, we saw another one after that, like five or so. We didn't watch all of them in order. We just like skipped to oh, number five or something. Five? I have not. I have only seen the first. I've seen the first one for sure. The first uh, one is I, really I've good. Seen, but now yeah. they're not about yeah. cars and all that stuff. They're about spies no, they're about and family. something. Explosions. <laughs> it's very, very over the top. I've seen at least two of them, but I can't I'm, even tell you which two. I'm going to predict this. I'm going to predict that Ross was about to say he's seen none of them. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're not Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> when Zack Snyder directs a Fast and Furious movie, Ross will be there. <laughs> I... Hashtag yeah, sure. Snyder cut. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a reputation for I, something, aren't I? I, I don't even think he have you <laughs> do you even watch Zack Snyder movies? I've seen three hundred. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> what other ones did he do? I know like he's done Superman. like some of the Yeah. Yeah. Batman did, yeah, Man of Steel. Um, Batman he did, Oh gosh. He, he did Watchmen, didn't he? Maybe. Did he, he did Watchmen also, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one was, was right. good. Uh, the ending Snyder of the comic really, is weird, so it's fine. Yeah, Snyder does really good with comic book movies when he sticks directly to what the comic book movie is. And when he can mm. do slow-mo. Yeah, and also slow-mo. But you can always <laughs> do slow-mo. Uh, anyway, that got way off track. Yeah, uh, it did. Yeah. We were talking about Wolf and then <laughs> got way off track. Speaking so, of being off track, Rachel. Oh, yeah. Hey, I am not the only one that gets us off track. You totally sure. guided us down the Fast and the Furious track. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start it. That was Rick. Uh-huh. So yeah, what about Planchette? Well, 
if anybody has ever messed with a Ouija board, which I do not recommend unless you are taking all the necessary precautions. If you've ever seen a horror um, movie, you know what, what yeah. I, I did that is. Uh, but a planchette is basically the uh, the little doohickey that you use to connect with the spirits and it points to the letters and all that stuff. And considering that she is literally summoning the spirits of the dead into herself, it she basically is the planchette. That's why I think no, that. makes sense. That's pretty cool. It's kind of the channel. I'm going to say Sagira Mabe is also Sagira Mabe's code name. Her real name is Halima. So Sagira Mabe means little grave, essentially, because she uh, comes from a background of uh, working on funerary rites and stuff. And she's little because she's only like five feet tall. Nice. So I've noticed a theme. I was going to say the Viper also routinely uh, translates the first part of that because Sagira is oftentimes just little Mabe whenever he refers to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think Planchette is actually shorter than you. I'm 5'2". You might be shorter than me, but I'm small for a fighter type. I think she's like (laughs) 4'10 or 4'11. I'll have to check my sheet, but yeah. Well, you know what? Does she rock an 18 strength? No. No, my my character is the the little cinnamon roll that could kill you. Now let's not start on this thing again. Look, the only person that doesn't understand the cinnamon roll thing is probably you and Ross. No, I think Ross, I gets, Ross it. gets it. Oh, then Ross gets it. So you're the only one out. Well, also, Ross works uh, with the youths. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Also, our audience <laughs> won't understand because I edited all that out of the episode. Aw, but that's like the best part to describe her. <laughs> she is the cin- the one that looks like a cinnamon roll but could kill you. This is a thing on the internet. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not a thing. I think I, well, I actually, I think it was still in there. I think I edited it down from the three minute conversation. <laughs> no, it was yeah. definitely edited down because I was listened down, to it this week. But yeah. I, I was pretty sure it was in there. So, yeah, and that covers uh, episode one. So, episode two, you guys got to fight some giant snakes. That was fun. Woo. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. You made I us murder a snake, friend. and I was sad about it. Uh, because Ross and I both didn't notice them in time to do anything about them. Yep. Yeah. That's true. I have wild empathy. Wild empathy. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) I know. That's why I was like, dang it. But this could have have taken one of them. Yeah, we could have been snake charming friends. Yeah, but did you Mm -hmm. have calm animal? Well, no, I'm yes. not. I don't have spells. Oh, uh, yeah, call them animal. Oh, because we've totally used that before. Bummer. We didn't have Dang to kill it. the snakeys. Dang it. There was the a viper totally say. assassinated one of those yeah. snakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, the viper does a lot of it's. It's interesting because usually, like, I've we played in a lot of games and we do a lot of speak with dead. Uh, not always on the mic games and the other games and. Generally, like, we're very nice to the spirits. We do what the spirits ask us to do. But, like, the viper's just like, nah, murder. Nah. <laughs> nah. Actually, like, like, it's, it's he's, he's desperate. He's a man on a mission. I know, but it's, like, a lot. And Segura's like, wait, I'm chaotic neutral. Remember that you're not supposed to be good right now, Jessica. It makes me think of, like, those uh, Liam Neeson or Mel Gibson or whatever, where they're, like, the old detectives that have come out of retirement because this person has done a thing and, yes. and or hurt their family or something. Like, that's the vibe I get from the, the Viper, Viper right now. The Viper does have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> well, and Murder. I mean, this gets into some of the rules, but if he's an assassin, he has to be evil. Yes. Yeah. So he's not playing the neutral game. His alignment is something evil. Chaotic, I'm sure. I don't know if I'd go... It might be neutral evil because he doesn't seem so... Unhinged. I don't know. But he breaks the law yeah. like 100% of the time. Yeah. Well, he kind of played the council uh, to, you know, which is also kind of a... But anyway, yeah, yeah definitely something evil. Oh, yeah, totally evil. Go on uh, go on the subreddit, people. Vote for what alignment you think the Viper is. Oh, yeah, I'll let fun. everyone know it. I've got, I've got his stats actually right here. 
Oh, they printed them off. We got them on a sheet of paper here. Let's see what we got here. Ooh. Is he actually You just said we're going to leave it up for a vote. Don't say it now. He's just looking for his own amusement. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> He's lawful good. Mm. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> so, Rick, did you have to stab the Viper out, or did they give you a stat block for him? No, I stabbed him out myself. I gave him all the cool things that I wanted to give him. Very nice. Uh oh. Yeah. That means he's going to be OP. That's, I was going to say that's why he's. <laughs> by the way, that's yeah, why he's a murder machine. Rick built him. He's probably like a level <laughs> ten. There are a couple of things that, uh, when constructing him, that I took flavor over the most powerful option or choice. He uses a kukri, for yeah, instance, but which since he doesn't have traits, he's still probably yeah. a murder machine. Uh, he's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> yes, he has true death, so it means it's really hard to raise you from the dead if he kills you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, I'm sure someone that's just from spiteful. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's on brand though. That that's yeah. on brand for him. Does that keep there from being revenants that come after him? That's right. I bet Possibly. at least one of our listeners, the moment I said that, went boom. I know exactly what level of assassin he is. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure a Google search would tell me, but the Reddit but I, will tell me. I was just Reddit will tell us. <laughs> I can be patient. <laughs> the Reddit always delivers. It's true. Talking to you, Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> Calling him out by name, man. That's who tells me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that guy called what's his face Callback being the bad guy. Yeah. Like seven hundred episodes true. before it happened. Yeah, <laughs> that guy knows what's up. Yep, Dark Souls speaks truth of power. Also, the video game, but so does Dark Souls. Uh, Exendere, Exedir, yeah. or something. Exedir, yeah, or something. Uh, I don't know. I never say the last part. Somebody put up a pronunciation guide. Uh, <laughs> I think it's some sort of weapon. Mm. Yeah, but the party fought some giant snakes. You killed said giant snakes. You then went on to the uh, the following rooms. You found a chamber with a uh, a body splayed out with its entrails forming crazy runic symbols. Yeah, and we were mean to him. Yeah, you're mean yeah, to we his were. Too. Well, not we, the Viper mostly. Viper, yeah. <laughs> but nothing like a little... I don't know, Wolf's gonna go along with whatever the Viper does, so, you know. Nothing like a little Narlathotep thrown in there, though. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so excited! My yeah. lord. <laughs> Put Heather back in the box. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited because I want to fight some ghouls. I was gonna say, technically yeah. Wolf doesn't know anything yet. <laughs> That's true! I know! <laughs> But Heather, <laughs> the player, is so flippant excited. Yeah. My Lord. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you knew that if Rick was going to get to homebrew something, there'd be some Cthulhu built in. Yeah. Some sort of old, olden god cult people. Yeah. Some sort of mythos connection. Tab. The Black Pharaoh. I mean, that's pretty rad. I'm so excited. Oh, that might actually be in the book because, I mean, again, the Paizo staff are huge fans of of the Cthulhu mythos as well. Do you think that if the main, if the doorkeepers had stumbled in and fought the Lamia, they would have like picked up a weird thread about Narlathotep? You think Narlathotep's working with the Sky Pharaoh? Anything's possible. Hakatep is Narlathotep. Oh my god, I hope not. What a twist! <laughs> it was in the what name the whole time. <laughs> O-tep. Well, O-tep. The O-tep. rest in peace, doorkeepers. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're can't be at that point. <laughs> Aliens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they look at the elf who is definitely an alien. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, all elves are yes. aliens. It's yes, true. But uh, but yeah, so we got to involve a little bit of the uh, the Black Pharaoh. The uh, uh, he's got a couple other names. The Haunter of the Dark, I believe, was the the one that they were using. Although Haunter mm-hmm. of the Dark yeah. makes me think of Haunter. The Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of Haunter too. 
Oh boy. I'm in. Considerably I'm more cute, yeah. And less deadly. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Unless you're a normal type or whatever. So yeah, and then that was uh, that brought us into episode three, which uh, unfortunately Heather was not involved in episode three because she was off. Uh, yeah, she was off saving lives. With radiation. With radiation. Yeah, like a superhero <laughs> saving lives with radiation somehow. <laughs> hey, there's a theory that small doses of radiation can actually be good for you. Yep. Oh, oh, so Superman's healing you when he's like, you know, blasting you with the X-ray vision. It's true. No, I said small doses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enlighten me. What happened in episode three? We fought some things and we didn't we, die. Yeah, we uh, fought the Lumia and their their pet lions. Uh, Israel Ooh. like whooped up on them. Yeah, we Israel had, was we big in her. Uh, yeah, she got um, big because she has a dire collar. But Zephyr like threw down. Yeah, up. I was gonna say threw down some pretty <laughs> awesome spells through that thing and so it kind of drove them out from their little hiding spots. There's a lot of um, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, Ross did a very good job of portraying the uh, the great thing with the druid, which the druid has so many battlefield control spells. Yeah. Yeah, true. They uh, they don't I boom as well those. as the arcane, but they they really dominate the battlefield. Yeah, the Lamia mm-hmm. really tried to like throw around some like mental suggestions and try to control stuff, but it, it didn't work. We ended up. <laughs> I will point out up. the sleep worked really well. The sleep did yeah. work. The sleep did work. Zagira fell asleep twice. Yeah, that just was just out funnier more than anything. Um, uh, but eventually, the Lamia, the the one that was left, gave up and decided to to trade us for information for her life. But uh, the Viper wasn't having any of that. Yeah, the Viper killed. Um, well, he got the information and then he murdered her because well, we're pretty an much. Evil party we, now. <laughs> yeah, we found out that uh, they sent the quote unquote to where it all began, which is uh, uh, Rach. If you'll restate that, okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm 98 sure you said that he's they sent the asp. I didn't hear a pee in there. So. He said that booty. I said asp. It didn't come through. Okay. Very it didn't well, come through it might have on the recording. Yes. Who knows? So we found out that they sent the asp. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. Snakelet. <laughs> um, I think that's worse. Snakelet. So we found out that they sent the asp to uh, quote unquote where it all began, which didn't really mean anything to Did us. Y'all make- but the Viper. Viper knew. The Viper knew, and we got oh. the amazing revelation that apparently he was part of Segura's mom's caravan. With Balto's dad and Sudi's yeah. adopted dad or whatever. And oh, the, God, are we about to go out to the, the desert? Stone, yeah, news, babe. But the stone that they that, uh, that Segura has is probably what they found uh, that uh, probably Sudi's parents were, or family was guarding. Yeah, and it was it in used that room to that was be locked. shining, and it's not anymore. Now it's all creepy and black. So some shenanigans mm-hmm. went down. Mm-hmm. So some corruption introduced, maybe. Yes. Layers upon layers upon layers. So, so yeah, we're heading out to the dunes. We're going to the Black Fane. Oh, I'm so excited. I am prepared to fight some more undead because rangers that don't get to fight their favorite enemy are sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. So yeah, fol- <laughs> that was weird. So yeah, following that, however, the uh, the party set off to go retrieve Wolf, and then apparently the Viper is going to take you to quote where it all began, which is the Black Wolf's not going to be com- comfortable with this. Uh, she's never ever left Wati. She hardly leaves the Necropolis. Yeah. Now now you've got to go to <laughs> uh, to find the place that Falto and. Uh, well, Falto at the very least. I with the need doorkeepers. the Viper to run into Narmer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Narva no, would I don't not think so. through this encounter. <laughs> oh, definitely not. No. He would steal him, take his special stone, and be like, excellent, crush, crush, and like yeah. walk off. Like, oh, this would but be in bad. my head. Hey guys, that's such I a really funny, like, like snakes too. <laughs> right before the viper <laughs> pops out of nowhere and stabs him through the chest. Why aren't you talking to me? He's immune to sneak attack. He's not immune to sneak attack. No, he's, he's not. Never yeah, he's, he's a construct. He's immune to death attack. Like, I I'm assume. thinking. I'm, he's, yeah. he's immune to, like, yeah. I'm thinking 3.5. Yeah, he's immune to a death attack because it's a fortitude save that doesn't also affect objects. And he's just sitting there. He's like, hey, buddy. Hi. Why aren't you talking to me? Are you spending three rounds studying me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Viper would be smart enough not to try something. Well, let me let me check and see what his knowledge arcana is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, steal that Sur- sheet of paper. Surprise. Hey, I, 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 I do, I do work from I keep it in my vest pocket next to my heart. Oh, uh, God. You don't have a vest. You can to self by vests. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose then, however, that's where we left it off with the uh, the faded prepared to make their way off into the desert. Maybe we'll finally get some answers not only to Segura's backstory, but maybe, maybe fans, you won't have to wait until episode 150 to get more Sudi backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Backstory. I love Fulton yeah. backstory. But is it information? Fulton backstory only happens in every like a hundred something episode. But <laughs> yeah, see, the thing is, we're getting this with our faded characters. Is Sudi ever going to find out this information about himself? Probably. That's the real question. Mayhaps. You, Mayhaps. you get to the Black Fane with Sudi, and like the Vipers just scribbled out all of the walls for no reason other is than that? to spite him. Sakura <laughs> <laughs> is going to so leave rude. a message. Sakura will leave a message for Sudi. You're gonna leave like you're gonna do that thing where you like drop the note behind you as you guys are walking off, so that like uh-huh. Sudi can pick it up and be like, "I'm on the, I'm on to them. I know where they're going." And then I'm gonna write it and I'm gonna give it to Rick so that Rick knows what the message is and I know what the message is, but y'all don't know what the message is until the Mummy's Mask episode. I layers love this. We do this. and layers, guys. If I remember don't to we, do it, but it sounds. Don't fun. we still need to figure out what on earth is in all those journals you have? Yeah, I've got to work on decoding them or something. Yeah, might need to get on that. There's probably well, some, we'll have some downtime while we're traveling <laughs> through the desert. So I put a rank in linguistics. So now I have two linguistics. I think Ooh. Wolf has. I don't have her character sheet in front of me, but I think I put a point in linguistics for her to have ancient of Syriani. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't have that. But I, because Sagira is like stubborn about that for some reason, that I don't understand. I'm sure Planchette could just like invite a ghosty inside that could give her the answer. It's true, but Sagira's not sure she trusts any of you because, like, she expects all of you to double cross her at any moment. I mean, if I the mean, Viper says stab, Wolf's gonna stab. Yeah, see, exactly. Following all of those revelations, the grand excitement leaving off to make your way to the Black Fane, all the rest of that, that is where we left off with our story. And we're gonna be remote recording for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It's true. So hopefully our uh, sound quality is at least... I don't know. It's probably not as good as the studio, but it should still be pretty good. We've done our yes. best. This is this is our first full remote recording for this episode. Yeah. Uh, we do have an email that we're going to go ahead and go through for this one. I felt that it was topical, so oh, cool. uh, I figured cool. we'd go through this. So this is from our uh, friend of the pod, Dave in Missouri. I don't know exactly Hello, where Dave. Missouri would be. There's like trees and like rivers. River kingdoms? Ozarks. Mm. So it's like River kingdom's not a bad idea, though. I mean, there's rivers and there's fountains. Yeah. River yeah. kingdom. Maybe uh, maybe seven arches. We haven't. I don't think we've put anyone Ooh, from seven arches. Yeah. 
don't think so. Yeah. Seven arches is real. Maybe not. That's much nicer than my idea of that village where they don't believe in rescuing people from drowning. Yeah, let's <laughs> not go <laughs> there. Nah. <laughs> Oh, man. It wasn't that bad of a town. It's just that one weird law. That was the yeah. one weird thing. That was a really weird law, though. It's just they were meant to drown if they drown. We have an email here from Dave from Seven Arches, the River Kingdoms. Who says, hello. Hello. Excellent. Hello. The end. I have been, yep, the end. <laughs> uh, I have been a fan ever since I found your podcast and earlier this year became a supporter on Patreon. Aw, thank, thank you. Dave. you. Oh, appreciate that. Uh, both podcasts are great and you are all wonderful to listen to not to name anyone specific but I love it when GMs describe the way in which a a hit lands such as your blade slices through your enemy or the enemy slams his fist down on your back it makes the combat come alive well, thank you for not being specific. <laughs> I was going to say, totally, that was, you're welcome. Totally I, I work really hard on my GMing. Yes. <laughs> you are welcome in a conceptual sort of way. Little do you know that Jess is, is re- writing those out really quick and handing them to Rick <laughs> so he can describe yeah. them. <laughs> there, there's I've a been, reason she's, you know, right on his uh, left-hand side. Yes. I've been meaning <laughs> to talk to you about the overuse of the word vicious. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I got inspired by that fan art. That's true. Dave goes on to write, I know you all have been playing for a while, and I'm hoping that you can help me with a dilemma. Since we are stuck at home for the foreseeable future, I'm <laughs> considering starting a Pathfinder adventure with my family. Hmm. Cool. My wife awesome and I idea. have four teenagers. Okay. Wow. And I, <laughs> I am so sorry. That's First wow. off, that's an epic oh, level challenge by itself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. But they're teenagers. So you can do something with that. It's yeah, true, yeah. That's true. But he says, yes, my wife and I have four te- teenagers and I've DM'd a D&D adventure for them a few years ago. I'm currently DMing a D&D 4E for a group of friends. So I have DM experience. I have never played Pathfinder, and neither has anyone in my family, but I really want to try and run it. What would you recommend for people new to Pathfinder? Would it be better to pick up 1E or 2E? So that's the first question there. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I feel like if you have experience with 4th edition, uh, and that's if 4th edition is your primary experience, I would roll into 2nd edition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, would I would as well. Go ahead and start 2nd edition if you're going to have to learn a new system anyway. There's going to be new stories and new products and everything at for second edition and, you know, 1E. As much as I love first edition and all of the adventure paths and everything that we've had the chance to run, you aren't getting new content with first edition. Yeah, 1E also um, has a lot more fiddly bits. Gotcha uh, rules and yeah. exceptions. Let's, let's yeah. say nuance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not... It's things that in the process of making a game over 10 years, there's going to be things that you put out that you may want to change in the future, but it's been 10 years. And so they did a lot of those tweaks and updates in second edition. So it feels a little more streamlined and the character creation process is a lot more straightforward. Uh, So for new players, that's going to be easier for someone to kind of come in, follow the way it's laid out in the book to build the character and be done building a character and like, half an hour or whatever instead of like three hours for your first character in yeah. 1E. I did uh, also find there's quite a few uh, really well well done cheat sheets uh, for 2E uh, mm. you know because we've been trying to learn it now that the second edition has come out and so uh, 
sometimes the the core rule book can be a little bit daunting because it's massive. Um, <laughs> so I've I've found a couple of really good ones that just kind of lay it all out very simply. Like still use the the core rule book for the character creation. That part's pretty straightforward in the book. But as far as actual gameplay, there's a lot of really good cheat sheets out there that can kind of help uh, facilitate the gameplay a lot a lot easier, I think, than one e. Absolutely. I suppose I think I think we're all in agreement that if you have fourth edition experience, probably go for second yeah. edition mm-hmm. Pathfinder. Uh, that is then followed up with another question, which I think I'm going to know our answer to. But what AP module, etc., would you recommend for a family adventure? Family I know what adventure? my suggestion is going family. to be. If this is second edition, I don't my know. suggestion for second edition would be if you want to start, especially even if you're just doing the first book. Mm hmm. Extinction Curse. Uh huh. That's yeah. exactly. Oh, what Extinction I was Curse say. could be a lot yeah. of fun. Which yeah. is circus the, one. Yeah. It's the circus adventure path, so it's a, it's a little funner. It's a little bit more lighthearted. The most recent book has Boulet on the cover, just like <gasps> four Boulets. The Noble Boulet. Yeah. The Noble Boulet. The noble so, and it also gives, especially when you have teenagers, it gives them the opportunity to do something kind of fun, more wacky, and all the rest of that stuff. As my experience, game mastering for teenagers on occasion mm-hmm. yeah, has definitely. Me. They yeah. tend to like something that they can be a little bit stranger with. Yeah. Also, circuses are families. Oftentimes, hey. yeah. true. There's yeah. layers. So that's gonna they can really interconnect their characters nicely. We've come full circle. It's all about family. Now get in this it's car. And we have to steal it. <laughs> family that steals together. Get in, loser. We're stealing this car. <laughs> On Wednesdays, we wear peak. <laughs> a Mean Girls reference out of Ross. Yes. I know. <laughs> Ross has seen good movies only. Mean Girls and Zack Snyder's 300. <laughs> that's it. Those are the only two movies I've ever seen. Okay, and that's my take nothing times, else done. away from this, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I personally would say Age of Extinction. I agree. As Extinction Curse, yeah. Extinction Curse, yeah, sorry. Yes. Age of Ashes was the one before that. Age of Extinction. <laughs> Age of Extinction. The dinosaur adventure path. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yep. God. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. But if you, I don't really know what modules they have coming I don't know. Out. If you don't want to jump into an AP, I'm having a lot of fun with Fall of Plague Stone. There's some interesting elements going on in that, so. True, but it's brutal. It, it is mean, a Jason new players, adventure. I so. have a feeling yeah. second edition's just going to feel that way, to be honest. Well, <laughs> it's a Jason Bowman adventure, too, and those are pretty brutal all the time. I, w- I will say, however, there is enough like kind of wacky weird parts to that to make it interesting because like Rick has made it very fun while also like creepy and difficult and everything else there have been a lot of fun moments in that what for Fall Flake Stone <laughs> <laughs> so many so- turns Follow Plague Stone is, is a good introductory adventure as far as that's concerned. It is a little deadly. It has a reputation for that already. Mm-hmm. But if you're wanting to jump into something, you can either you know, pick up and drop. I would say that probably the first book of uh, Extinction Curse stands alone pretty well. I've only vaguely perused it. But the best yeah. part is you can keep going with it if you decide you really like it. Yeah. yeah. Once the world returns to some semblance of normalcy, then uh, you still have a game. You can still have family night. Yeah. Yeah. The family that slays together stays together, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that's going to be our email for this week. We're going to keep it a little bit short there, and we don't have a casting and all the rest of that stuff at the end of this. Bummer. No no casting Narlathotep? (laughs) No casting. (laughs) 
So uh, let us know how you feel that the uh, the faded tales are going so far. That hopefully everyone is enjoying this this segue away. And again, hopefully uh, you know your friends back there with Sudi and Citra and Hollis and. Uh, Masika. Masika. Her name Masika. is Masika. <laughs> the the important fourth character, Narma. Uh, <laughs> and my mount. Nar- yes, Narma and his, and his mount. mount Masika. God. <laughs> so hopefully, again, they are off uh, off on their own, doing their own side adventures. In the meantime, you guys get to enjoy this fun side excursion with the Faded and their friends, the Faded friends, if you will. I don't know. <laughs> friends like this, is the right word. Um, frenemies. Yeah. Frenemies. Frenemies. Yeah. So let us know what you think about all this so far. I hopefully all of you have been enjoying the story thus far, and hopefully you'll enjoy the the twists and turns as the party steps out of the safety of the necropolis. I guess it's safe now. Which is a weird thing uh, to say, safe in necropolis. It's safe now. Yeah. Yep. Ish. And then off into the parched dunes. It's a very popular spot right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're hopefully so, there's so some hot undead. Right now. I want some yeah. undead, yo. Yeah, so stay tuned. And until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Bye. 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 Faded Tales. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've written entire lyrics for that. Fade out. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.